the red flag flying here. Hello everybody, thank you for coming to the first International Women's Day event from the Women's Banner Group. I've already messed it up by not muting that over there. Uh, my name's Samantha, I'm going to be chairing our Women in Politics panel. Uh, we're really lucky to have a really mixed group of women who have been involved in politics for a very long time, women who are reasonably new to politics, uh, an MP and a candidate for Tees Valley Mayor, as well as three Durham County Council candidates. So a really good mix and I hope that we can just share our common themes of understanding politics from, from a woman's perspective. Um, what brought us into politics? What can we do to get other women involved in politics? Um, and what advice would we give to people who are either starting out or who are established women in politics? Uh, what do we want to see from women, the women that we're looking up to in politics um, that's kind of what we're going to finish on so if we start with um, people introducing themselves and uh, telling us what brought you into politics why are you where you are um, I'll start with Chloe hello Chloe hi <laughs> pressure of going first um, I'm Chloe I joined the party a few years ago when I lived in London and I was at university um, because my mum's a nurse and my entire life <laughs> I've seen how hard she worked and how little her pay went up and then the more the older I got the more concerned I got about other social issues so it got to the point where I was living a stone's throw from Westminster and I, I went to an event with a non-partisan group trying to encourage women to stand and I didn't turn to ash when I turned when I walked across uh, into Westminster and that was a really uh, thrilling thing for me and I was like I love this and I want to get into it and then when I came back up to Bishop Auckland I got involved with the lovely CLP there and now I'm a Durham County Council prospective candidate for Banner Castle East. Thank you very much Chloe. Uh, Heidi Hello, my name's Heidi Smith. Um, I am a trustee of the Sensory Place. Um, I'm women's officer for Sedgefield CLP, and I'm standing as a prospective county councillor for Sedgefield. Um, I would say the reason that I got um, involved in politics was because my um, little boy Isaac, well I say little, he's 10 now, um, he has autism and a severe learning disability, so life can be quite difficult for him. Um, and the more that I um, try to um, get involved, um, you know, kind of take him out, um, do everyday things with him, it was just so challenging. Um, so there was myself and a group of parents that founded the Sensory Place um, and we provide educational courses and things like Makaton. Um, day trips out and um, events you know obviously that support has need to be increased over COVID um, but the reason that I got involved in politics is because I was seeing all of these families who were in awful situations where they couldn't get the support that they needed um, 
and it could be a, a variety of reasons. It could be that they're a single parent with multiple children with disabilities. Um, it could be that they're key workers and they're also trying their best to maintain the career that they've worked so hard for, as well as be a full-time carer to their children. Um, an absolute multitude of issues from being able to find them and um, placements in school, as you know yourself, Samantha, um, from being able to get um, the correct support for them. Um, obviously, some of these families, I do genuinely believe that uh, with the likes of autism, it does run in families. So it could be that the parent is autistic, but never got a diagnosis and they're struggling um, to kind of make sense of all of this um, and struggling to do the everyday things that other people find easy. Um, so I guess I really got involved in politics because I wanted to support these families. I wanted there to be more available for them. Um, and I wanted them to know that they were being listened to. So I really hope that I do, you know, get a chance in Sedgefield to be able to fight for these families and to be able to um, continue to do what I'm doing now, but on a wider scale. Thank you, Heidi. Uh, Chris, if we go to you next. Thank you. My name's Chris Varkey. I'm a bit more mature than the other lovely ladies we have here. And I'm standing in Trimden, and Thornley Division of Sedgefield CLP, where I am currently Vice Chair. I retired just uh, not very long ago, but I worked as my last job was in Jewistat for quite a number of years. Before that, would you believe, I worked throughout secondary schools as a behaviour support worker in crisis response. So I went from those high down to those high. But the families are still the same, needing help, support, with the same kind of problems, whatever size the child is, they need help. Um, Heidi knows that when I was 18, my father said, right, it's voting day, you need to go and vote for Labour, you've been brought up proper, that's who you won't support. But actually, it was actually three years before that, when I knew who I needed to vote for and the person, the woman, who was really influential with me was my Nana. She brought up 14 children that survived. There was two that didn't. And she lost her husband just a year before I was born. I was 15 when she died. And she brought these children up and my aunts and uncles are brilliant. And don't ever have a, a wedding in our family because I have so many cousins, you would not believe. But she brought these up and my granddad, the stories I hear about him are fantastic. He, he was deaf, totally deaf, but he was near Raid Warden. And people stayed down there for hours before they got out because he didn't hear it all play ago. I get lovely stories. But this woman brought the families up. She had very little money. She brought us up, grandchildren. We would all go. But she was like families now. Hardly any food. What we are talking about food banks now, she used to tell us, always support the Salvation Army because they're the only thing that kept us going. And I miss her incredibly. And I don't know what she'd have made of the situation now, because she always said, when Labour were in power, we kept going. 
when the Tories were there, we screamed because we knew we were never got any, anything to eat and we had to go and see the Sally Bash. That's the lady I love. And the reason I'm here is because of those people. And that's why I support Labour. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Um, let's go for Jesse next. Find your button. <laughs> there you are. Start with to say really nice to join you. I, I remember being at the first meeting of the Women's Planner Group 15 years ago now and tremendous work that you've all been doing to empower women. And make sure that women you might have to move a little bit closer to oh, your uh, laptop. Right, hang on. Okay, two seconds. I do have. Um, do you want to go to Mary and I'll? Play yeah, it? we'll go to Mary while you sort out your uh, volume. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I guess um, for me, like similarly to a few others here, it's been quite a a journey, an organic sort of um, um, falling into in, into politics, if you like. And I guess through my starting with my own childhood life experience. Similarly, I had my family were uh, Irish immigrants, Catholic family, and you know, we're quite quite poor, but we didn't actually feel poor. Um, but poor um, went to church, those things. Um, and I guess actually my faith did have a lot to do with in later years me becoming active in politics because um just just from learning like that striving for social justice and internationalism that you taught in church if you like it was then well how do I um how do I put this into practice and that would be getting involved in your community joining a trade union um taking yeah community action um so I don't all of those things happened throughout my life and then um similarly to Heidi my first daughter was born and she she suffered um, brain damage at her birth and subsequently uh, lived a life with severe cerebral palsy and while she was an absolute angel and has made me probably the woman who's inspired me more to go into politics would be Maria just because of the adversity of her life and how she overcome it and had an impact on everybody's life but at the time she was born um it, it was when Margaret Thatcher was in power and she had really run down the National Health Service. And um, when Maria was born 10 weeks early, there wasn't a ventilator for her to be to be born. So I had to wait for three hours before we could have the cesarean because there wasn't a, such a basic piece, as a piece of equipment as a ventilator. So we waited three hours, went round the, the whole of the North East looking for one and I got a police escort down to North Tees. Um, and then... Well, she was born, um, we were just happy that she was alive when she was born and we didn't realise there was anything uh, wrong, any problems until she was nearly a year old. Um, but that had been um, that had been directly linked to the, the trauma of her birth and not having, that, um, not having that piece of equipment. So it made me really angry about politics and what Margaret Thatcher had done to the NHS. I mean, I must say after that, since she's been born throughout Maria's life, the NHS staff have been fantastic with her, but it shows what happens when you, when it does get run down a bit. Um, so um, I had Maria and I had two other children within three years. Oh my God, I just don't know how, <laughs> how I coped, but I've sort of erased that all from my memory a bit. So I was, um, I guess, just being a, a mom and a carer, um, community development worker at that time as well. And um, 
and then went on to be a counsellor and that came through my community development work I guess it wasn't something I wanted to do I just fell into it I think just somebody asked me and I went oh go on then I'll, I'll have a try and you know see how I fare as a counsellor and I was on the council for 50, 16 years in the Labour Party 32 years um, and just yeah so it's been and then sorry I forgot I'm a member of parliament now <laughs> I didn't introduce myself there. Yes, I'm, and now, um, since 2019, I've become the Member of Parliament for the City of Durham. Um, so, you know, it was one of those, it was, it was another sort of step in my life where I thought, why not just go for it? I knew that I liked, I was good at representing people uh, when I was a councillor, but I wanted to do a bit more and help to change policy nationally. Um, and fight for women and you know it's were very underrepresented when I first become uh, a councillor and in fact on the I stood for cabinet just a year after I was on the council didn't expect to get it but there was only two women out of 10 men on the council and I just thought oh, I'm putting my name down for this just to be, make a point really make a stand that women can do it um, and then nearly died when I got uh, elected onto the cabinet <laughs> but, but then you just know you're as good as anybody else you are I know we all sometimes feel that we're not as good as the men because they've always been the ones there at the top in those positions of power um but um yeah what we need so we do I know I'm jumping on to the next question so I'll leave it but just in terms of other women who are young women who want to get involved you're as good as anybody else and we need your voices there in public life Fantastic, Mary. Thanks very much. Uh, Mary, for those of you who don't know, maybe uh, listeners, watchers, uh, Mary's office is inside Durham Miners Hall. I am so jealous. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a beautiful building. I'd love to be able to go there every day and, and it be my job. <laughs> oh, dear, it's beautiful. You know, when I first went through there, because that's where Roberta had her office, and I thought, there's no way I'm changing from there because it's just such an honour to go in not that I'm going there every day but my, I know that the staff love just going in and seeing all the banners and the, the just the huge magnificent building that was built there for the for the miners at the time so it is it's where else could I be in Durham City really yeah it's beautiful and Jesse, are you with us how's that can you hear me better now yeah that's no. fine just remember to sort of project a little bit project a little bit okay <laughs> Um, I'll speak into the microphone. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah. So it was, um, I used to run a charity called A Way Out and it worked with some of the most marginalised people in, in the Tees Valley. I worked with people who were homeless. I worked with girls who had tried to commit suicide. Uh, and there was so many challenging situations that we were dealing with day in, day out. I was never political. I didn't think I was political. And actually for the first few years of running a charity, I, I rarely spoke in public meetings. I just did my stuff. We ran the work, we helped people and, and that was it. And I started to go to meetings with councillors or with decision makers or council officers. And I often felt like, why are they making these decisions? They've got no idea. But I wasn't confident enough to use my voice. And, and I thought, well, they obviously know better than I do. I've only been running this charity a few years. I was young. I started the charity at 24. So it was probably about 26, 27, where I started to go to these meetings and everyone knew jargon and, and I didn't know the lingo. And, and 
and I and I remember every time I go I used to get angrier and angrier and I started to meet kind of people in, in like higher powered positions and again I would be so frustrated I remember one meeting I went to and we were talking about uh, investment into women's services and someone was saying you know like there was money that was going to be spent on something ridiculous and we weren't going to get anything and I just I remember just saying this is ridiculous this is what I'm dealing with day in day out and I brought a few home truths and I've never stopped bringing home truths since <laughs> and you've never been able to shut me up since um but I never kind of I wasn't brought up political so I didn't understand the political landscape I didn't really understand the impact that decisions I got it at a local level I didn't understand that some of the issues were at a very national level at the very at the very top and I remember one day being invited to um, a round table discussion in Parliament. It's the first time I'd ever been to, to, to Westminster. And, and, uh, and again, I walked into this meeting room and it was with government ministers, or I can't even remember who it, who it was, but they just felt like they had, did not have a clue. And in that room, I just went for it. And I was like, you've abandoned the North. There is not, there, and I was, going on about the lives and the people that we'd met and what was happening on the ground and I just remember this woman saying to me across the table um she said you're coming back here one day she said you're going to be the prime minister <laughs> and to me it's like a young mixed race woman from Stockton on Tees that like it wasn't even like you'd be an MP it was like it just blew my I was just like I do I do not understand anything about politics why on earth like and and I, but what it did was it sowed a seed that like actually those voices and the stories that I encounter the people who I meet like that really what she was saying is you need we need those voices in this space like that's what isn't happening at the moment in parliament. That's what isn't happening with our political leaders. There is no one representing the North and the people's concerns. And, and, so, and so the angrier I got and the mouthier I got, eventually I made the decision that I'm gonna get involved in party politics. And, 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 I, and I felt like, and I, you know, that party politics isn't the be all and end all that you can make changes in so many areas, but actually, if you want to walk into the halls of power and you want to be at the seat, if you want to have a seat at the table, not just shout at those with a seat at the table, then you have to put yourself forward to be a representative. And so that's what I'm doing now in the Tees Valley. It's the first, um, it's the first political campaign. Like I'm a go and I'm like I'm going for like a regional mayor. Like most regional mayors have become MPs first. But I wanted to go in at a regional le political level because actually I feel like at the moment, because of how things are with parliament and government, that, that being a voice at a regional level and having the power and resources is the best way that I can represent the people that I fight for. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Andy in the comments is saying we absolutely do need voices like yours. Lots of love for Jesse. Um, Lynn commented earlier saying it was just really great to see um, 
a, a younger age profile. No offense, Chris. Um, <laughs> um, but it is great to see uh, women of all ages being involved in politics, isn't it? Um, I'm not going to give it a big, big talk like you guys did, but I mean, I'm definitely feeling uh, I agree with sort of what Heidi said and what Jesse said and what Mary's uh, said. I, I feel there's lots of uh, echoes in that of my experience about feeling really frustrated that people who are making decisions about the resources available for my special educational needs kids had no kids <laughs> or, or, or experienced special educational needs or, or and were no, you know, uh, not, not my life experience. So I just think it's really important for people who are actually affected by services to make decisions about services. And unfortunately, it does become one of those situations where, like Jesse said, unless you do it, who else is going to do it if you're the person with that experience? Um, it's what you've got to do step up for the good of everyone hopefully uh great thanks very much everyone um well we'll move on to the problem the problem is that women are 51 and we've 51 percent of the population um and and we are dreadfully underrepresented in, in politics it's taken some really um clear sort of affirmative action from the Labour Party to get the amount of women in the Houses of Parliament that we've got and even now you will have people uh, arguing with you that there shouldn't be such a thing of all women shortlist so you know uh, it should be the best person for the job however yeah. mysteriously the best person for the job always ends up being a man that's such a such a mystery isn't it how that that works out so what can we do to bring more women into politics how can we switch them on to it um i'll go with the same pattern i did before if i can remember so we'll start with chloe thanks um i think there's lots of things we can do i think again it's a bit of a snowball thing the more of us that are represented the more people will look at us and go if they can do it i can do it as well you know that's a big thing um and i think too there is a culture of misogyny in this country, especially female politicians, anyone who has social media and has tried to get at all political will tell you that especially for women, it can be quite difficult. And I think, you know, we have to, it's twofold, we have to combat that culture that makes it okay to do that. But equally, you know, we have to have the support and the sisterhood for each other, that when that happens, as Mary says, you know, you are as good as anyone else. And these people are only knocking you because they know you're good and they're frightened of the change that you could bring. And I think if you see it like that, it becomes quite an empowering thing. So you are powerful enough that people are spending so much of their time uh, tearing you to shreds, you know? So I think it's uh, about representation and creating a better culture um, and just lots of other things. Um, that was someone opening a door in my house. Oh, I thought it was my stomach there. <laughs> uh, there's someone closing the door in my house. We need some WD-40, definitely. Um, but I, I definitely think it's about getting out there and bringing other women with you. So the women's officer role in CLP is really important to, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say that my our women's officer and Bishop often encourage me to stand because that sounds nicer than strong-armed. <laughs> <laughs> but she absolutely did. And I think it's so important that 
uh, we have these women who are helping younger or less experienced women, not necessarily younger, get in because I think there's a lot of women who think you need a special qualification to get into politics. You need. I never did my my GCSE in becoming an MP, so I can't. And I think there's an issue with socialisation that men wake up and go, I can do it, I can be an MP. And women go, well, surely I can't do it because I've, I've, you know, I've never done anything like that or I've never done enough. When actually you watch something like Question Time I and mean, you watch the news and you think most women could do this, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> do it better. Um, we've had a lot of, during the pandemic, we've had a lot of, uh, um, when, you, when you point out Boris Johnson's feelings, there's been a lot of, well, do you think you could do better? And I'm like, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do. <laughs> There's nothing special about Boris Johnson. He, he's just the same as the rest of us. He's not some kind of god. <laughs> uh, Heidi. Sorry, I was just going to say on, on that, Sam, I remember um, <laughs> when I was um, considering standing for mayor, and uh, I don't think Boris Johnson was, was he the PM at the time? Anyway, um, I remember my sister saying to me, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I've got all the experience and everything that you need to kind of go into to do a role like that. And my sister said, do you think for one moment that Boris Johnson said to his family, have I got the skills and abilities to be the mayor of London? Of course he didn't. He just, he's born into privilege. They're expected to rule. Uh, he hasn't got the skills or the experience or the knowledge or anything else that gives him the right to be there. There, but they think they've got the right and it's like there's something in our own mindset that like I had to switch to say no I've got everything I need and more and I had to really kind of challenge my my own mindset really of what, what, what my own glass ceiling that I'd put over myself yes I, re I remember watching you uh, say that on social media and being like yes <laughs> absolutely um like you can be a bumbling idiot and lead the country you know <laughs> Yes. Uh, Heidi, what do we need to do? Well, um, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about this earlier. Um, and I think, you know, I was kind of listening uh, to a debate a while ago and it was about whether more education is needed um, or whether it's just that we need a more welcoming environment. And I kind of agreed towards the, uh, I'm a massive fan of education, um, just because I think it, um, it helps people and it makes them feel a bit more certain if they know exactly what um, is expected of them and, and what their role is. Um, but I did kind of think, yes, maybe it isn't at an adult level education, more so a welcoming environment. You're not fixing the woman, you're fixing the environment to make them more likely to um, come into it. Um, however, I do really agree with education from a school level. I think that we should be encouraging children from a young age to become involved in politics, to um, particularly um, girls, to know that they have a voice and that they can um, stand up and speak about something they disagree with, um, that they don't have to be a certain age to start a petition, um, little things like that. Um, and I know at the sensory place, I came across um, a... Uh, education for children and it was talking to them all about um, how parliament set up and what it is that they need to do to be involved um, and there was also an empower course and that was around people with learning disabilities um, 
it was more aimed towards people approaching adulthood and adults um, but I actually have set them both up so I'm hoping that we get a few more people sign up so that they can run um, just because I think something like that is so beneficial so I think yes um, education at the right age group and the right level but then I think um, in adulthood more the environment than anything else um, I know I have been since I joined the party, I have been massively supported. And, you know, everybody that I didn't really know have now become friends and saying to me, you can do it, you know, you'll be fine, you'll be great. Um, and I think if I didn't have those people there, I probably would have shied away a little bit um, because like all of us, we all have so much on. Um, and when you get kind of that negative feedback, it makes you think, am I doing the right thing? Is that person right? Um, so I think it's more just about um, ignoring that and, and continuing to build a community in which people want to be a part of because they think, you know, my opinion matters, like, like you know, Chloe and Jesse said. Yeah, Brenda makes a really good point in the comments. She says, I think it's really important to remember the contributions of women who aren't councillors, mayors, MPs. Uh, simply participating in a political party is a great achievement in these challenging times. Um, one of the things that I've learned through my participation in the Women's Banner Group is just how much of women's, um, what you might call political activity, community activity, is just swept under the carpet and ignored by society and not given anywhere near the type of uh, esteem it deserves. Um, and that goes for unpaid carers like myself, um, people who organise coffee mornings for people who are maybe, you know, uh, lonely. Uh, there's all kinds of things that women do in the community and um, just it's just expected that it's their, their job. Um, so I, th I think all of those things are political. Um, uh, so there's, I think there's a lot of women out there who are engaged in politics without really knowing it and who wouldn't call themselves politicians. But when you make the choice to devote some of your time to looking after people who are less fortunate than yourself, then I think you are a politician, <laughs> you've made a decision. Uh, Chris, what can we do to make get more women into politics? Strangely enough, um, today I met with the Women's ne Network from Unison, and this was one of the subjects that we talked about. Um, and Heidi's hit on it a little bit. What we really need to do is support each other. But she's right. We need to get it at school level first, because if you go into a secondary school, as I know I've been there, um, teenage girls will sometimes crucify each other rather than support each other because of a male or a piece of makeup or a fashion or something. They don't support each other. And that's what we need to start with get them to support each other and carry that through it's it's a big problem and if we can start it young it can carry on and that would be absolutely wonderful and you know if we can sort of take it into the workplace and like what we, we were talking about today you know if you've got somebody there oh, i was thinking really i think today has hit me hard like we're doing with the postal vote see if you can get one or two or three or four or five to join if we could get each other to get somebody to support and join somebody else up and get younger people in i mean i've been doing get younger people in and i know people say i'm an ancient so and so yes i know i am 
but I hope that I'm there for loads of younger people and I'll be the one soon who'll say, right, bring on, keep bringing and keep bringing. But I am absolutely certain because I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't always ancient and I was a young person and I was on a district council that became a borough council and I was the very first woman chairman that they ever had. But, it, thank you, but it was the second day of being that, that chair, very first woman chairman that I heard the whisper behind me. Well, I wonder who she's sleeping with. That's our lovely support that we have from the women, you know, we too good at putting ourselves down and not supporting each other. So we really need to do that a little bit more. And that's the instance I'm giving you with the young people. They do with each other all the time. So if we can get across that young and help each other, frightens, nerves, things like that is another reason it happens. But if we can just help each other it's not a bad thing we do some wonderful things in the community that's the way i think we can i mean i do loads of voluntary work and i work alongside some wonderful people who are getting interested in some of the stuff we do i'm hoping we'll move on to something else yes fortunately not everybody's as young as we would like them to be but <laughs> they are really interested so i'm hoping that's going to mosey on into something else Maybe it's not at the level we want at the moment, but it's coming. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Musa, who is a man, uh, says in the comments, it's always an option for men to decide to step aside and not to stand as candidates against women. Um, I, th I just think that's a really good point. And uh, I've had that because I, I got selected as an all, in an all-women shortlist. And so I've had this debate to, to hell and high water all over the place. Um, and just it just strikes me when you're having a conversation with some some men who disagree with our women shortlists, who who say, um, you know, it's just so unfair to be discriminated against because of your gender when you know you had no choice about that. And I'm like, yeah, it is, isn't it? It really is. Now, <laughs> and maybe why we have to take the these actions because you know this is the world we're living in where we have doors closed to us because we happen to have been born a woman. <laughs> Um, great, let's go to Mary next. What can we do to get more women involved in politics? Uh, well, I don't want to repeat what everyone said because I totally agree with, with all of that. And I was also um, elected on an all-women shortlist. I was when I was a councillor as well. And yeah, it might not be ideal, but until we have achieved equality, then it's necessary, isn't it, to do that? And it really has worked. It has boosted the numbers of, of um, women entering public life and being elected. And it does, if you see more normal, everyday people who are like you in those positions, then that's when you see, you know, you could do it. And, you know, it's not just about, it's not just about women as well. It's for me, it's about, well, it's about class. And it's being a woman from the Northeast even is massively important that we represent the Northeast because we are absolutely nothing like Jacob Rees-Morgan, uh, Boris Johnson or the women of that ilk either um, we need to fight for our, our rights and for policies that will help us as women and in the northeast um, and you know lots of women over the years have led the way and they've done an awful lot to bring about equality but it's those 
social constructs that we live within live with they're still there they still exist there's still a lot of work to do to break down those barriers um and that that, that sexism that we see across the board um i mean even in the even we've seen it in the women might be 51 percent of the the world population but we're also the poorest as well represent the poorest in in society and across the world and we've seen it in um with, with COVID, we've seen it with this budget. I mean, the Chancellor came along and done this, put this budget together that completely, well, women are the hardest hit and those in the lowest income brackets are the hardest hit from this whole budget. And he said, it's gonna be fair. The Chancellor said, it's, it's fair and it'll be fixing public finances. But we know that um, women from low incomes as well as being backgrounds um, are gonna be the hardest hit and they have been for years. And in fact, uh, and it's one of the things that motivates me and hopefully motivates other women as well to get involved and have a voice, whether it is in that community or whether it is in politics. It's the fact that, you know, I'm very passionate about health inequalities. Um, and, you know, I think yeah, yeah, health equity and the, the health of the population really shows what type of society you live in. And, you know, health inequalities and life expectancy got better and better since the 1900s year on year got better and better until 2011 wonder what that was in 2011 and now life expectancy stalled and has even gone backwards for um the 10 percent of the poorest women it's 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 got worse life expectancy i mean come on if that doesn't inspire you to, to, to get involved and do something that then what does it just so unfair but whilst you have men making those decisions then you know what what's going to change so i would say to young people to young women and especially your working class women you have to it, it re, we do desperately need your life experience and your voice to to yes yeah, jesse said to be heard and be in there making those decisions and make sure that people listen to you or nothing nothing will change and we can do it because women are very resilient and very strong because we've been sort of subordinate for so long that we know that we 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 will keep on challenging and keep on fighting until until we get something changed. Thanks, Mary. Jesse, what do we need to change to get more women involved in politics? Um, well, some of you will know that I'm standing for Tees Valley Mayor, and you may also know that. I will be the first female metro mayor in the country. Every single metro mayor at the moment is a is a bloke, and we where we in Parliament have been proactive in getting women in. We have not done that at a local government level, and we are badly failing. And particularly minority women, really badly failing. Uh, there is not one woman uh, minority. In the, in the north, north of Birmingham, uh, in fact, north of Watford, who is leading a council, leading in local government, it is a tragedy. And, and I think I want to say two things, though, and I'm really passionate about, about getting people into politics and seeing people become political. And I think that we sometimes need to start at a very local level. And some of the most exciting things that I've seen over, over the years uh, in terms of like political organising has been um, the te teaching assistant strike in Durham, which was phenomenal, that engaged hundreds and thousands, like, well, there were probably like thousands of women uh, in terms of support, fighting for their rights. 
I think at a really local level, I worked with a group of young lads where when I was running the charity and we gave them funding to put on a community festival. These are these are lads who people had written off. They were like the ones who tore, tore up the community. Usually we gave them power and money to be able to put on a fest to do something they wanted to do. And they put on a festival and they kept coming back each week. But after the festival had happened, it was a huge success and it broke down so many barriers in that community. These group of young lads wanted to keep coming back and they wanted to do more and really practical things like they wanted to see their windows improve. Um, and I know, and they wanted to see like the, their community looked after and more community wardens, like proper political stuff. And this was a group of lads who no one would have expected to have political viewpoints. And, and I've realised that by giving small amounts of power and small wins, people then start to aim higher. And I think we need to do that with women. And I think we need to be in those communities and those very small, which might seem like a small issue, like, for instance, school uniforms and having to have school uniforms that have logos on, which is so crippling financially to some families. And yet they feel the stigma if they don't have the, the new uniforms. Being able to organise with a group of women, and I think something happened in Northumberland around this, where they organised with a group of women and they, and, and they were able to um, basically do a campaign around school uniform logos and not having to have the branded uh, the branded where and then that was the first encounter of these women taking power and achieving something and but it has to go up it has to keep going and there's a point when they may explore party political politics and we have to be the most open and inclusive party to people and they will come in with all sorts of political views. And these lads, I couldn't tell you what their political views were and some of it would shock you. But it's like, we, I feel like we we get to a certain level and we talk about inclusivity. But then if you don't have, if, if you don't reach this sort of line of political purity of whatever, you know, faction you might be in or whatever your belief is within the Labour Party, if you're not that brand, then you're excluded. That has to stop. It has to stop. It's destroying our party. It's destroying our movement about being having to like it, like people. We need to represent people of our class and our communities and of the north, and we need them to be part of our party because they are our future. I, every time I hear the word entryism, I just think, what a ridiculous word. Do we not want people to enter our party? Because <laughs> if we don't, then like, where are we going? I do not want to be part of something that is full of people who are in it just for, a, you know, like what they can get out of it. I want people who are in it to make a difference in their communities. And that means us being open and inclusive to people. So I think start small, start with small wins and bring people on a political journey. And that's how we'll see this party and the, and, and the, and the country transformed. You unmute, Samantha. I'm muted. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, sorry. laughs> um, yeah, I think we really need to look. Uh, I am I am lucky enough uh, to be chair of a constituency Labour Party, um, and it has took quite a lot of uh, time for me to get there. Um, and I think um, it was not a welcoming place when I started. Um, I, but I was actually told to be quiet 
<laughs> I was actually told I'd get more respect if I talked less. Um, I, I just found so many obstacles to participate in. Um, you know, you, Laura says I'm not lucky. I worked, I did work for it actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we really do need to break down those barriers, especially if we want working class people involved in the Labour Party. You know, uh, if you're working shifts, maybe you've you've got to look at how we include those people in meetings or enable them to perhaps vote without being at a meeting or uh, participate virtually i really would love to see some kind of hybrid meetings going forward where people can participate in person and virtually that would be brilliant um but I desperately desperately need uh, mechanisms for proxy voting or remote voting so that people if you've got a shift at work you can still be active in your local uh, party um because that's that's a huge barrier and also for women it's bedtime you know uh, it's wrong that the majority of caring falls on the shoulders of women, but it's also a fact that the majority of caring for children uh, falls on the shoulders of women, and all of our meetings are at tea time and bedtime. <laughs> um, and I know that there are women who are excluded from politics because of that, because whatever the rights or wrongs, they are the only person in the house who can perform that role. Um, so it's difficult. It is difficult. There's the societal things we can't change. We are trying to change society, um, but we can change our own environment. Um, thank you, Emma. Emma says definitely need this women to participate. Yes, absolutely. Uh, right, we've only got a few minutes left. Time has indeed flown. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just to round us off, then anybody got any advice to either to women starting off or perhaps. Uh, advice or what you would like to see from women like Jessie and Mary who who are not really I mean I know Jessie said it's the first time she's uh, had a campaign but it's quite a big one um, <laughs> those visible female politicians is there anything you'd like to see from them would anybody like to sort of jump in I mean I just to say you know I've talked about being a, a member of parliament now and it was a as I said at the beginning organic but it, it, it's not the be all and the end all and I'm I still sitting meetings wishing I'd said something when you know men are speaking I wished I'd said it and I still get that sort of slight nervousness about saying something and then kick myself afterwards for not saying it I'll still get that um and you know that's just uh, up to me my own confidence I guess but you've also mentioned as well that it isn't all about being an MP or a mayor it's whatever your life experience and what you do in your community is so important I was a community development worker for years as well and um started we I remember starting the credit union with 20 of us started a credit union because we know there were so many people in poverty in my area what can we do about it started something which was quite small now it is massive and that's a practical uh, that's a practical measure that helps women mainly um, work together and develop together and actually have access to cheap to cheap finance, if you like. So things like getting involved with your credit union. I think, you know, a decent, well-paid job is if you're in, if you're a trade you in a trade union, make sure your voice is heard in your trade union and fight for um, equal pay and better um, working conditions for women. So 
yeah, you, it, it's in all walks of life that that women need, women's voices need need to be heard. And just by accident that I fell into being an MP, and I, I guess the same with Jesse as well. It's you, you're not born thinking that's what you want to do. Um, it's something that is just a natural progression in your life. So you know, you're all women are brilliant, as I said, and strong and resilient, and you can do whatever you want. You can. We can crush, knock them walls down, and do what. Do it, achieve whatever we want with the help of other women. Thanks. Chris, is that you indicating? Yes, Just following on very quickly from what Mary says. If you've got children and want a better life for them, fight for it. There's loads of ways to do it. Just go ahead, do it. Think about them and you'll be surprised what's out there. Oh, we've got a new panellist. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that, Jessie? Do you want to introduce this them? Is my, this is my little niece. She's just uh, <laughs> she's just been left in the lounge room. She was crying, so I'm going to give her a little hug. <laughs> um, oh. but, uh, the girl switches the loud on. Keep the red flag flying there.